This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. New Year. Same old Ipswich, this is Blue Monday. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering all things Ipswich Town since 2017. My name is Mikey Penty-Smith and joining me for this, the first show of 2023, is Joe Fares and Craig Finbo. How are you both? Good, thank you, mate. Yep, very good. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everybody. Yep, same. Good, yep. Getting ready to go. Sort of had a sort of half day back at work today, working myself back into the swing of things and now ready to go for the new year. And ever on point with your shirts in the background there, Joe? Yep, well, the 23 on the Andre Dezel shirt, there's a good reason for that, which I'm sure you'll come on to later, is the 23% discount in the Blue Monday merch store. So that is why that is up. And 15, Massimo Luongo, who is training with us. And I just stumbled across it when I was looking for a shirt to go up next to it. But it's just a case of will he, won't he? I don't know. Lovely stuff. And Craig, we've got some big names in the in the chat already. <laughs> Probably none bigger than Morgan Whisker. Evening chaps, what's it switch like then? Craig... Tell Morgan what Ipswich is like. It's lovely this time of year, mate. Yes, you'll you'll very much enjoy it. It's a lot drier than it is um, in the West Country. Um, you might struggle on the pasty front, but um, we'll sort you out of Portman Pie. Lovely stuff. Good, good and... to hear them. Good to hear them, Morgan. Good to see uh, you've switched allegiances very quickly. <laughs> we'll get onto that a little bit later. But we've got some of our regulars here as well. We've got Tony Rand says hello. Paul Whitmore says hello. Paul Westlake, hi all. Flim Flam, Evening Honky Tonks, Happy New Year and all that. Uh, Michael Warner's with us from sunny Brisbane since you asked 33 (laughs) degrees. They're finally having a summer over there. Happy for them. Eric Clapton's not over it yet. Give me time. Good evening. Craig, what was that journey, journey like on the way back from Lincoln yesterday? The journey itself was absolutely fine. It was a a 10-minute walk from the ground to where we parked and it within... Now, an hour after the great game, I was an hour down the A1 rather than being a mile away from the stadium like you were at Wickham an hour after the game. So, um, yeah, and obviously three or three or so hours gave us plenty of time to 
dissect what was going on. We were listening to the radio and stuff on the way home and listening to a bit of Radio 5 Live going over the what, anniversary, 40th, 50th, 60th anniversary of Sports Report, whatever it is. And oh. then we just started talking again at four, three and a half hours later, we're still talking about the match we just witnessed. So, yeah, it gave us plenty of time to stew over it, shall we say. Absolutely. Robert 1000's here. Hi, Lewis. Harp says, Happy New Year, chaps. Adam Plant, evening, lads, from Egypt. Oh. So, yeah, just a, a couple of things before we crack on. Craig is recording the darts, so please do not give any spoilers for the darts tonight. It's obviously the, <laughs> the big final at, at Ali Pali. Um, but we, we will welcome um, score updates from the Premier League. More than happy for those to come in. We're not taping much of the day tonight. Um, right, so let's crack on with the news and with the January transfer window now open. The rumours have, of course, started. And today we learned that one of our promotion rivals have been weakened, Craig, with the aforementioned Morgan Whitaker recalled by Swansea. So I guess there's two questions to be made there. One, how much of a difference is this going to make to, to Plymouth between now and the end of the season? And I might save the second one for Joe. Have we got yeah, any well, chance I- of signing him? Yeah, well, it's pretty hot off the press, isn't it? It's only been the last hour or so that um, I think Swansea announced that they were recalling um, him. And by I think it's either it's their their press release um, says that they're bringing him back for the championship or Plymouth's press release says that, that he's been taken back to play in the championship. Um, so taking, it, taking that at its word as much as you can, um, it just weakens them, doesn't it? A, a pretty... Um, integral point of the season you know he's he's we all know how uh integral he's been to their the way they play and the goals he's cre- scored out of nothing and the the chances that he's created for their for their team you know they're outperforming their xg by virtue of pretty much him you know, being able to find find unerringly find the bottom and top corners from um 20 yards plus um so yeah i think from our perspective regardless of uh, whether we dip our toe in that particular water or not it, it, it weakens them, and even dip, dis, despite who they manage to get in to replace, you can't imagine they're going to be producing the same sort of numbers that he has. So, I think from our perspective, if we can start getting our house in order, it can it can only be a good thing. I think from our perspective, indeed. And Joe, do we have any chance of signing in him? And if not, are there any other League One clubs that you could see making a cheeky bid? I don't really see that anyone else in League One could afford him. If if we're talking just purely as a permanent transfer, because it does seem from what you could tell, listen to Russell Martin's press conference yesterday and the sort of statements that have come out of the clubs. They, they don't seem to want, they don't seem to want him at Swansea. They don't seem to have any real time or role for him there. So it is, must be to sell. I don't really see anyone else in League One being able to stump up the cash to sign him. You're looking at one and a half, two million quid, aren't you, to, to sign him. I think we could do that if we wanted to because we do sort of have a relatively unlimited pot of money as long as we can put a business case together for the investment to the ownership group we can we can get the money out it's whether we want to whether we'd be able to attract him whether there'd be a better offer on the table for Swansea and Whitaker himself but yeah I think if he if he goes permanently to a club in League One I can't see any other club it being any other club than us. So not Plymouth then. Paul Westlake says Dan mentioned that Plymouth is still trying to improve the loan loan deals to keep hold of him. Could you see? Could you see him going back there on loan? I yes. suppose there might be a bit of brinkmanship, might there, on Swansea's part, saying that you know, increase the wage percentage or increase the 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 loan fee, and you can by all means have him back. But you know, vultures are circling elsewhere, so stump up a bit extra cash, please, 
Plymouth and you can have him back. It seems like it's almost been a, probably for the Plymouth fans, a slow motion car crash when you've seen what's going on. You see it released last week that Swansea want Ogbené, is that I think the former Rotherham striker and they can't afford him because he's going to cost a couple of million, which is obviously in this form of his life and you can tell that Swansea don't want him. You can tell that there's a chance that they're going to call him back purely to sell him and ultimately there's a chance that they're just going to get him to sell him, try and raise some funds, try and bring someone else in that they think is more suited or is better for them in a championship. They've obviously had a look at him and don't don't rate him and don't don't like him, whatever. But I, I think there's just a case of that. So it's just it's just seeing where he goes, what clubs. Because even when you look, I know when you look at the championship clubs, there's not there's not a huge amount of transfer fees sloshing about in the championship. Even from the bottom twelve clubs, there's not many that are going to be able to spend one and a half to two million pounds on a player. And it's just whether you get someone taking a risk higher up the food chain who will then loan him back down to Plymouth because I think if he's going on loan to anywhere in this league it's going to be Plymouth isn't it indeed Graham Burns says he feels sorry for Whitaker. do you think it would be a difficult one for him psychologically if he was to sign for Ipswich or do you think that he'd just see see the new challenge for what it is and get on with it well he's he's um he's put out a statement himself isn't he on Instagram or whatever it was and he's seen he's pretty emotional in it and pretty gutted that he was having to um having to leave you know if you, if you take it at, at face value so yeah there may be a an element of that um and as someone mentioned i think it was on telegram group saying that you know we've made it clear that we only want players who are desperate to play for Ipswich well he's probably not he's pretty desperate to play for Plymouth but um not necessarily Ipswich so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens we we don't know do we we can say we, all we can do at the moment is take things at, at face value and all we know for sure is that currently for at least the FA Cup game, Plymouth will be weakened. Oh, they're playing the FA Cup, they're out, aren't they? But yeah, for they're this playing weekend, Bolton at the weekend, aren't they? Yeah, for this weekend, they'll be weakened. <laughs> uh, Flim Flam says there's interest in Whisker in the Championship <clears throat> and lower Prem. Not sure he'd join another League One club. I guess it's whoever's going to stump up the money. Yeah. For the best deal, and offering the best deal, isn't it? And Yeah. There's, there's there's different League One clubs, isn't there? If you look at us, we're a club which looks like it's got a very high ceiling at the moment or because, for example, someone like Rotherham are not going to be able to beat him to our signature despite being in the division above us. But if somebody like, I don't know, one of the top championship teams comes in for him, yeah, they're easily going to be able to beat us to him. And it's just, it's just that. It's whether it's talking about interest in him. There's a big difference between interest and actually putting that money on the table and structuring a deal in the way that Swansea want. I say Swansea still owe us a significant amount of money for the sell-ons for the Flynn Downs transfer. But, yeah, that's what Carl yeah. Brooks says. We did Swansea a favour by selling them Downs at a decent price. They did extremely well out of that deal. Hopefully they'll do the same for us. But they must still owe us one and a half million from the percentage sell-on from when they've sold them to West Ham so there's a, there's a lot of links between the clubs which could make it happen but I know if, if you put gun to my head now I'd, I'd expect a team higher up the food chain to pick him up and from his perspective you know if he can join a even a mid-table championship club he's then already in the championship guaranteed rather yep. than joining us and mm-hmm. tossing a well, not sure tossing a coin but you know he doesn't know where he's going to be in there next year not it's his career at the end of the day as well isn't it but you're not he's, he's obviously not wanted <clears> at Swansea so if, there, if there's only one other, if there's only one off on the table that suits him and it's Ipswich and we're prepared to pay him probably more than he's on at Swansea and give him a free four-year contract, then that that faith showing in him is, is going to be enough to make you want to be here, isn't it? And mm. There, because he obviously doesn't want to be at Swansea anymore. Uh, 
Nathan Hall, thank you very much. Happy New Year, New Year everyone. That's Nathan over in Melbourne. Thanks for that. Um, let's move on to the the other one of the other ongoing transfer rumours, and that's Peterborough's Jack Taylor. So apparently, according to T, TWTD, that move is still active. Is this the more likely of the two, do you think, Craig? I think if Phil says it's still ongoing, then yeah, you you can take that as take it to the take it to the bank. I think, um, and it's it's somewhere we need strengthening as well, isn't it? For sure, there and strikers, obviously, the two obvious places. Um, we're two central central midfielders down, um, Ball and Kamara. Um, so yeah, we need one if not two central midfielders, and he's he's the the type, the age, the demographic of the sort of player that they're looking to hang their hat on, isn't it? One that you can get value from <clears throat> he's going to increase in value you'd hope and and again hope that as and when we do get promoted he'll he'll help you progress and grow with the uh with the club and progress and i think he's a, he is a long-term target of the club as well i don't think i think this is something that both mckenna mark ashton all those all the powers that be have wanted him for a long time and maybe with peterborough being in it seems a relatively precarious financial position or wanting to cash in on some players now if your long-term targets become available you at a good price you, you do what you can to snap them up and i think that's what's happening with taylor in this window yeah indeed and itfc tweedy says uh if luongo was coming in it would have been announced by now potentially a backup option if we don't get taylor do you see anything in that joe yeah I, that, that's that's what i'd have expected he was training with this that was sort of good two weeks ago he was training with us wasn't it and before christmas and i know he's got a, a bit of time left on his middlesbrough contract but if he was signing he'd be here now well, if he was if he was a number one target and was signing, he'd be here now. It might be mm. that we're just holding fire on it a little bit, or maybe he's holding fire on it. We, mm. I say there's there's two parts to sign on this, but if it was, I say if it was a nailed on signing, it'd be done by now. And so the fact it is, it means that it's both clubs, are exp- both club and player, will uh, exploring their options elsewhere. I'd imagine. I'm surprised. I'm surprised it hasn't been done. To be honest, it seems a relatively. Uh, obvious deal to do. Even it's only going ever going to be for six months anyway, so you know, it's not going to cost you multi millions of pounds to to get done. It's covering position we need covered. It's you know immediacy. It could be done on the first of January. He's been with us. He knows us. He knows McKenna from way back. So yeah, it seems a strange one that we wouldn't have got done, regardless if we still after um, or do get Taylor. Hmm. Flim Flam asks. Jack Marriott's been told he can leave Peachborough. What are your thoughts on that? And shall I chuck in as well that Connor Wickham? Um, has left Forest Green after his short short spell there. Who's who's the more likely to come to Ipswich? Go on, Jay. I, I, I don't know, but I was just just linking back to yesterday's game. I know we're not probably speaking about it in great detail, but when I saw, when I saw the team yesterday, the one thing I noticed was when you don't have Connor Chaplin and Freddie Ladapo in the team, you are quite shot shy as a team. If that makes sense, in that when you look at the, I've got the list here of the shots per ninety minutes of the game. Chaplin and Dapo, 3.81, and then John Jules, who's injured. But then it's Sam Morsey, 2.08, Lee Evans, 2.02, Marcus Harness, 1.95, Caden Jackson, 1.72, Wes Burns, 1.71. So you've just got a lot of players in there that just don't take a lot of shots in the team. Well, when you look at the actual, across the whole league, the top the players with the most shots in the league, one, Jack Marriott, two, Morgan Whitaker, three, Connor Chaplin, four, Freddie Ladapo. So it's... It's a case that I think Jack Marriott is the sort of player that f- fits what we need, a player who just 
all he does is just hang around the box, looking sharp, trying to get shots away. And, and I, I personally think that's what we need. I, I wouldn't maybe not say Marriott. He's sort of had his issues over the years as he's gone up and not done a great deal. Maybe he's, there's sort of been questions over his attitude, both by Frank Lampard at Derby when he was there and back down here. But I, I just, I just think there's something about that that type of striker, similar to what James Norwood was like last year, where you can play James Norwood in the game and he'll have five shots. You can put Caden Jackson in that same role. And he he'll have one, and it's just mm. you just need players that just want to get on the ball and want to shoot because we do a lot of passing around and working the ball into good areas. But sometimes when we get into those good areas, we try and take one more pass, don't we? I think the issue, the issue with those signings in particular is next season, isn't it? Mm. You know, you, you're not going to take either of them. Hopefully, fingers crossed, up into the championship with you. And Adam Windley says, yeah, both very Marcus Evans types of signings. Um, think our sights are set high these days, but it is the January window, isn't it? And come back to us on the thirty first of January, Adam. Yeah. But, when, but when you look at the the summer transfer window, our sights were set higher, but we didn't mm. get any of them over the line, did we? So mm. sometimes, especially because we've got to play Plymouth soon, we've got to play Sheffield Wednesday soon. A bird in the hand is is what you need. Sometimes you just, you just need to get those deals done and get them in and. Not take what you can get, but actually get a deal done is more important than trying to find the right player and it, and it being in six games' time when you get the right player in and then you've got to get them up to speed. You, We really, really want to get a couple of players in before the Plymouth game, really, don't we? Which is in, what, 11 days from today? You can you can write the cup game off as just a fitness exercise for the second the second eleven almost, can't you? And you've just got to, you've just got to try and get a couple of players in for that Plymouth game just to give the squad a lift as well, I think. Indeed. And so, yeah, let's let's get into this game at Lincoln um, that happened yesterday. A sold-out away end. You were in your best hat, weren't you, Craig? Um, there was a few changes to the starting lineup. Were you a little bit apprehensive ahead of this game? I think a lot a lot of people were. There it is. In all its glory. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think in the... Um... In the Telegram group as well, there was there was um, some grumblings, weren't there? Our um, part-time transatlantic drinking buddy Sully um, was asking where are the where are the goals in this team? Um, mm. And that, as Joe says about not having either the Dapo or Chaplin, certainly Chaplin on the back of how well he played against um, Portsmouth. But you know, we don't know if the, he's one of the ones that's been partially suffering from illness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, looking at that team, there's it's not full of goals if uh, if Harness or Burns aren't uh, aren't on it. Um the rest of it pretty much um, picks itself. Obviously we we it transpires that Leif Davis was was properly ill, um didn't even travel, hence why um Greg Lee was there. Um but one thing to point out on that screen there is the average age of our team. Twenty eight and a mm. half years old. You know, there, there aren't many youngsters, you know, we 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 often talk about needing a bit of experience in the team, etc. Well you're not going to get much more experience than the 28 and a half year old first 11 I wouldn't have thought yeah that must be our, our oldest team of the season by some distance Joe yeah I'd, I'd say so obviously someone like when you start Sonia Luca that makes a big difference on the age Greg Lee's a lot older than Lee, Leif Davis mm. which you wouldn't expect um so that that sort of drags it up a lot from there but yeah I'd as mentioned earlier I, I, I sort of saw the team and thought oh you, you need to have Chaplin or Ladapo on the pitch you need somebody who's going to mm. shoot and we, we didn't have that we didn't and just a quick look at that Lincoln team three three four three no Teddy Bishop at all Joe they seem to quite like him up there but 
Yeah, he was on the bench, wasn't he? I was disappointed not to see him getting a game. But yeah, he was on the bench and didn't subsequently come on. No, and it was actually Lincoln that started the game um, stronger. It's hard it's hard to remember that because it felt like it was all one-way traffic. But House got in behind um, after a poor sideways pass from Morsley on the halfway line and flashed a shot across the face of goal. But from from there on in, it was, it was all Ipswich for the rest of that first half. Sam Morsley goes over to the left to take a corner. That one raised a few eyebrows for those of us watching on iFollow. I'm sure it did those in the away end, Craig, but... A really nice chip delivery, obviously one that they'd talked about doing. Evans runs onto it, seems to do everything right, gets his head over it, but just wide, agonisingly so. Yeah, yeah. As you say, we sort of had started off a bit sluggishly, really. Our, our passes weren't particularly crisp. Um, we won the toss and turned um, turned them round, so their keeper had the sun, really, really low sun just off the, um, hence the cap, um, to, uh, turned them round, and there was a really low sun just above the... Um, the stand at the far end and it was really quite bad but we just didn't have a shot we didn't have a shot to trouble him with the with the sun in his eyes by the time we had a shot the sun had gone down behind the uh behind the stand um but yeah there's the evans from the corner that was a nicely worked um free kick uh, corner kick he just he was little reaching it for a little little bit but he should still have got it on target um but yeah we started to get into it aluko had a shot from one of our from a burns cut back i think as well burns and aluko started to tick down that right-hand side. Um, but the issue we had and, you know, are known to have is just getting a bit more support, certainly when Chaplin's not on the pitch, but getting more support to whoever's playing um, centre-forward because, you know, when Aluko plays in one of those number 10s, very rarely is he the one that's buzzing around the striker. He was, yeah. I say, he playing behind... Yeah, he was behind Burns, really. Him and Burns had some really nice moves going on, little triangles and one-twos in that corner, but it was very much in that corner. So by the time Burns is crossing it, He's crossing it to Jackson plus maybe Harness, and there's like mm. seven Lincoln defenders in the box. Now they they started the match okay, but it was pretty pretty um, apparent that they were very happy with a with a nil nil. Um, and it transpires that you know they were more than happy to to put more men behind the ball as various um, things happened throughout the match. So yeah, it, mm. it, we were on top, but we weren't really creating a, a massive amount maybe until uh, another corner come our way yeah that corner came 50 minutes later this time Evans goes across to take it uh, the keeper punches it clear Luco has a powerful shot which is blocked Harness then has a shot again blocked falls to Wolfen and Joe he's got a score there hasn't he well, he, he does everything right, really. He puts his foot, foot, puts power on, and it's just six inches too high, isn't it? There, there was still a few bodies to get it through, so it needed to be struck like that. But no, that would, looked like he was going to score against Lincoln again, which he did, I think, for his first goal for the club. But it was just a good strike. Just really unlucky, isn't there, from there, just six inches lower, and it's 1-0. Really lashed at it, didn't he? I think it was a proper mm. lashing. But yeah, he probably hit it too well. Well, that is what... Um... Who was it on CoComs? It was Luke, Luke Varney. He, oh, was, he was saying that, yeah, he hit it too well. Too well, if I'd, anything. If anyone, he, he was I'd, also I'd... referring to all of our players by their first name. So I don't, I don't know how he's become so familiarised with them. But, but he, was, <laughs> he was good on CoComs. Yeah, no, I thought he was good. Because I was thinking, who was there when he was there? And he was talking about Wolfie. And I thought, well, maybe Wolfden yeah. was there in and around. He's probably the only one he would know, isn't it? But but then you think he's played for so many clubs. He's probably has mm. come across <laughs> a lot of these players as teammates opponents over the years even, even when we scored joe he 
he sounded like he was really pleased for Cam. That's how he he was. Oh yes, Cam, something like we that. We might have played with him in the under fourteens or something when he was coming back from injury. <laughs> he wasn't. He didn't like um, associate any any players with um, sitcom characters from the sixties and seventies, and you know, give them friendly uh, nicknames. <laughs> no. Mr. Humphreys or something, or Captain Peacock. Or... Come on, Craig, you're going to have to explain that one. No, you're right, mate. Carry on. No, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Reg. <laughs> on this, I, I just, I, I had no idea why he was called Reg. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought maybe it was the Bill character. I, I no, it's, it's on the buses, mate. It was a sitcom from the 60s and 70s, mate. It's, uh, yeah, of its of its time, should we say? You don't see it repeated too much nowadays. Um, okay. But there was a guy on there called Reg Varney. He was one oh, of the actors I see. in the, Makes perfect sense. Which is right right in Mick McCarthy's era, <laughs> yeah. shall we say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Um, on the stroke of half-time, Harness has a goal ruled out for offside. We, With the angle of I follow, you can't see that offside at all. Um, they never showed a replay either, did they? Didn't show a it, replay. It didn't look it. I think was it him? I think I think Burns was offside when you're right in the corner. Yeah, it, Burns it, it was, was given against. Yeah, I think it was. I think he was. I don't think he'd sort of got back from where he was when he'd lost the ball initially, sort of thing. I don't. I think he may have been offside. He's right down near us. But that was an example of that link up between Aluko and Burns working yeah. really well, and then Harness getting across to the front post. It was a really, it was a really nice goal, and it? it was a shame that, it, alas, yeah. it was offside. Um, two minutes later, Joe finally some good luck and a. And a big decision going our way when Jackson is sent off for Lincoln after Caden Jackson got in behind after a Morsley pass. What were yeah. your thoughts? What were your thoughts um, initially? I'd, I was watching with a mate. I sort of said it was an orange card would would have been my view on it there because he was the last man, but then there was someone coming across. The angle Jackson was running at seemed to be taking him away from the guy coming across, so he looked like he'd get there. And so he looked like the man coming across wouldn't get there. But I, I think probably what swung it was just how cynical the challenge was, if that makes sense. Mm. It wasn't – there was no attempt made to play the ball. He knew he was totally the wrong side he and, he, and he was just taking him down so he didn't have a shot. But, yeah, if it had been a yellow, I don't think there would have been a huge uproar that it wasn't a red card. But, like I said, I think it was one of those orange ones. Sometimes you sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. But I, I, I don't think it was another – another shocker of a decision or something totally out of nowhere going our way. I just, I just think it was a, it was a bad tackle and Jackson probably the say O'Connor. I don't think he was getting over there, but yeah. Yeah. I, it, 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 we were, we were sort of surprised he gave it, it being a home yeah. against the home team decision. You know, it was, it was a surprise that he did show the red, but um, if you look at the, the freeze frame of when the tackle was made, the guy who was covering was a fair way away from um, Jackson. Um, had he had he got through? Um, yeah, that that was mentioned, Michael. Don't worry. Um, what was quite funny is I was, I, I was watching the highlights today, and and on the Ipswich I follow site, they had the Lincoln commentators on there for some reason. Oh my life! If you want some slightly biased um, commentary, go and give that a listen because. Um, it was on the, the full match replay. I don't think it's any different from the highlights um, replay. But there was a first half when Danassian Dina- um, and one of their, their striker like went through together and Danassian just like eased him off the ball. That was the clearest penalty you could ever imagine. They were screaming for a penalty when that was not given. Watch the replay. Oh, actually, no, no, it wasn't as uh, blatant as we thought. <laughs> and same with the red card. Red card, never a red card, never a red card in real time. As soon as the replay came around. 
Oh yeah, actually, yeah, may have seen them given for that. So yeah, they they, they weren't. They, even the players on the pitch weren't that um, surprised by it, should we say? Yeah. yeah, he says they were fanatics, not commentators. And uh, just rewinding a little bit, Michael Warner's comment was: if the defenders had seen, and if the defender had seen any of our other games with Jackson, he would have let him have a shot. Maybe a little bit harsh that, um, but <laughs> there we are. Um, and yeah, Matthew Keane says they were even hoping Burns gets injured. It does sound like they were maybe a little bit partisan, shall we say, Joe? Partisan, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's sometimes. You forget how, or so maybe not how small a club Lincoln are, but how far they've come in such a short time that their commentary team are just local radio guys, almost the sort of guys that you hear when when they hand it over to like Layston or Lowestoft Town on Radio Suffolk, and is and they're doing that. But yeah, I I didn't li- I listened to the Ipswich commentary, so I didn't hear it. But there was sort of they were talking about how they wanted to like s- smash Ipswich players into the stands and stuff like that, that, that towards the end of the game. So it was a a strange one. Hmm. So moving into the second half, and Vincent Young comes on for Danassian at half time. Um, the, the dominance continues really. Burns has a header well saved, and I've seen a still of that today. And you can clearly see a couple of Ipswich players being wrestled to the ground in the background. But then a few minutes later, Lincoln have a corner, Craig, and I think they're warned about holding in the area. In fairness to the referee, yeah, it, it looked like he couldn't wait to make a make a. Big decision, yeah. Or well, another big decision, yeah. So he, from the very beginning, really, he he'd um, not made it all about him. But you were very, um, it was noticeable that there was a ref on the pitch, shall we say? In in that, so from the first whistle, whenever there was a free kick, he was taken. To, he was taken longer than the Lincoln players would have taken to take the free kick to get everyone settled and the ball put right and the wall marched out and everyone right and then he'd walk over to where he wanted to stand and then he'd sort of signal and blow his whistle. He'd just taken an age to get everything in place. Obviously, he was upsetting the Lincoln fans for not giving this penalty and then sending off um, Jackson. And then, yeah, he, there was a bit of jostling in the box. Like, there is every single corner... And he stops it, as referees often do, calls a couple of guys over, let's stop it, I'm watching you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, yeah, the corner comes over. And again, like happens at every single corner, we see seven, eight, nine, ten, ten times a match. There's jostling, there's pushing, there's people being thrown over. Um, and he, unfortunately for us, the guy he'd spoken to, Vincent Young, was a guy that happened to be involved yet again. And it's not great at look on Vincent Young, is it, to be fair? You've just been told 10 mm. seconds earlier not to do it. Then at least for that corner, particular corner, We're gonna don't do it. going to do it anyway. Well, yeah, quite. Thanks, Barry. Um, and um, But at the far post, I, was watching, I wasn't watching Vincent Young at the near post, which is where we are. I was actually watching towards the far because Morsey was having a bit of a tete-a-tete with one of their guys. Um, but at the same time as Vincent Young was supposedly dragging this guy over, Burns was being swung around by his neck at the far post. So... Are you giving the penalty or are you giving the free kick? You know, it just depends on where the referee happens to be looking at that particular time. He's not going to be able to look in two different places where two different offences are taking place, one against either team. It's just, yeah, as we, you know, hoary old phrase, but if you're going to give penalties for that, there's going to be 12 penalties a match, isn't there? Yeah, that's what Romeo Four says on that basis. The ref could give a pen every yeah. set piece. But I think I think the the overriding emotion is the ref, was desperate to make a big decision, but then maybe there's that small 20%, Joe, that says, Vincent Young, you've just got to be smarter than that. 
clarity. I think he's done it before, hasn't he? I, 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 I can't remember. I can't remember back to the game, but he's sort of he's made these sort of silly decisions when he's when he's already been booked. Things like that. I remember Bolton at home last year when we were stuffed against them, and Afalayan was giving him a hell of a time, sort of giving away a penalty, dragged him down and dragged him down again and got the hook after about 30 minutes. AFC Wimbledon away when he'd already been booked in the 93rd minute when you're 2-0 up, makes a stupid tackle to bring someone down and gets a second yellow card and sent off. And for someone who is a really intelligent footballer and a really intelligent mm. guy, when you hear him sort of speak off the pitch, he does seem, to, I don't know, maybe it's because he's smaller, so he's always needed to rely on sort of physicality like that, but he's quite handsy at times, isn't he? And yeah, like I say, if the, if the ref said something to you, you do need to just yeah aff- effectively avoid it for that corner because he's he's going to give it there. And like I say you, we saw the photo from that Burns header. There's three fouls on that. Craig's mentioned the Burns on this every single corner, every single corner the other week is um, a penalty. Or when we I can't remember what home game it was where we scored. When Chaplin got two goals the other week and he hammered on home and one was sort of straight from what should have been a penalty. It was just uh, that was the only chance for getting something out of the game, wasn't it? A, a goal from a penalty. They weren't going to yeah. create anything like that. And no. do that. But and again, sort of people talk about McKenna after the game, sort of being rattled by it. I think he's just massively, massively frustrated by this penalty record in the in the league where we've had one penalty at Portman Road this year, despite probably having probably quite literally fifteen times as many touches in the box as you are opposition, all the challenges flying in, all the appeals, and we don't seem to get anything. We've had all these penalties where people are getting dragged down. The players are telling the ref, look, watch what is going on, and we're not getting anything. And then the first penalty in one of our games that's awarded for something like that is against us, even though we have 10 times as many corners as the opposition and never get a penalty, despite it being like this every time. I I haven't looked at the stats yesterday. How many corners did we have compared to Lincoln? We probably had well, I don't know, they had, what, three corners and we probably had eight. And then Mm -hmm. the one that gets given is the one against us. So, I don't know, maybe McKenna is trying to build a sort of an us-against-the-world mentality, us-against-their mentality, but it is incredibly frustrating. We we don't seem to get much on these on these penalties when, when we dominate these games. We don't. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. 
If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, uh, fortunately for us, though, David Bergen is a lot more generous towards us. He's he's sent us five five euros. Happy New Year to you, David. Thanks for joining Thanks, us David. this evening, as, as always. Um, so McKenna, after the goal went in, makes this triple sub. I, I imagine he was probably close to making this sub anyway. They were all um, dressed and ready to come they on. They were already ready to come on, were they, Craig? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's Chaplin, Edwards and Adapo. Um, coming on for Harness, Luco and Jackson. thought Luco had a fantastic game. It was a shame that he, he had to come off. Um, Chaplin immediately involved. There's a powerful shot on the turn. Just shows what we were missing, Joe, that shooting instinct. As soon as he got the ball, wasn't even really in a shooting position, was it? The ball was underneath him mm. and he's managed to get a shot in. Keeper tips it over. Referee gives a, a goal kick, of course. Um, Humphreys then comes on for Burns, Joe, and he makes quite the impression. Yeah, well, he, I, it's, he's obviously only coming on because Burns was injured. I think if Burns was mm. fit, he'd have stayed on, but maybe linked with his illness. But he'd been down twice for treatment at this point. And then Humphreys came on and played in a really sort of advanced 10 role. I think it's the third time we've seen him do that after, I think, against Charlton at the back end of last season when he came on and played there. Bracknell in the cup, he's, he's played there and really great instinct showing. Chap, but again, Chaplin gets the ball and his first thought is just take a touch, turn and just put a delicious ball into the box isn't it when you when you see it goes there it's just in that sort of corridor of uncertainty the defense the keeper can't come and get it it's over the top of it's over the top of the defender and Humphreys goes in and he's he's got a, he's he's just got to help the ball on doesn't he you can't sort of try and overcommit to these things he just has to help the ball on and does brilliant just flicks it into the corner the keeper's got absolutely no chance and yeah great header and then and sort of you know what he's like he's very professional isn't he straight up gets the ball Runs it back. The game's there to be won, and we and, and we do go on and try and win the game. But no, I thought that was a, a really good goal, really smart from Chaplin, really good finish from Humphreys, and just fantastic timing from Humphreys as well, Craig. Just the the ability to not only make the run but also connect with the ball at the perfect moment to direct it in. It's not an easy skill. Yeah, that's right. He sort of go, if you watch the replay, he sort of ghosts in from the right. Um, almost playing as a centre forward where he ends up, isn't it? Um, mm. And as you say, he he got just the right amount of contact on the ball to deflect it in rather than go with it and probably, if he'd got better contact, it would have been straight at the goal keeper, wouldn't it? or certainly more more central down the goal. Um, just a quick one in, in regards to the substitutions. I just wonder, because as I said at the beginning, that the Lincoln were very much there for the nil-nil. Yeah, they were more than happy with the draw. As soon as they go down to 10 men, they're going to be sticking everyone behind the ball. As soon as they go 1-0 up and down to 10 men, there's no way in the world they're going to be coming anywhere out of their 18-yard box. I just wondered whether, instead of replacing your front three with the another front three, if there's any scope to keep a Luco on the pitch. Just to, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Instead, instead of just going marks, like to like, can we just forego Evans or can we forego... Burgess or something just make it somewhere. Do, just do they then get in each other's way a little bit potentially? We'll, we'll never know, will we? We'll, we'll never, never know. know. But it's just to have another attacking body on on the pitch rather than you know just trying to do the same thing. And because we were, you know, just huffing and puffing away, we were very, very, very. We were relatively easy to defend against yesterday by virtue of just playing the way that we play. It's methodical. It's steady. We know exactly how we play. Opposition now know exactly how we play, and they just won't 
provide us with the space in that final third. So we need someone just to conjure something up out of nothing. Um, you know, the, the throw-ins were annoying me a little bit yesterday. You get a throw-in down to the 18-yard box, and within two passes, it's back with Walton. Mm. I know we, we try and keep the ball in play, don't we? As soon as we've got a throw-in, we take it quickly. As soon as we've got a free kick, we take it quickly. Well, the purpose of that, I would have thought, is to get at the opposition before they get a chance to settle. Well, you're sort of negating that by hitting it all the way back to the goalkeeper. It's a perfect opportunity for getting them to settle, and they won't be venturing too far from 30 yards from their own goal. You know, it's we just didn't really up the tempo at all yesterday, or you know, we're not in the in the in the business of creating chaos, are we? We haven't got had me on the bench or anything like that. We didn't. The dapper didn't really do too much. Um, I think once a, Chaplin came on, he was the one that gave us that. Yeah, when he got need more than that lift. That, yeah, it's just one. And, and Humphreys as well. When when he came on a little bit later, but I personally I thought our worst period of the game is this period we're now getting into when it was one one. We then suddenly started pumping long balls forward and yeah. and rushing. And there's really the only one dodgy angle was passes, wasn't it? Where when you overhit, then they go off for a goal kick and just yeah. waste so much time, don't they? As opposed to sort of just. Fo- being intercepted or doing stuff like that. There was a lot of balls, Morsey and Evans, especially just constantly playing those balls to no one really. Mm. And in that, so there was 10, 10 minutes left, Craig, plus all the stoppage time. You must, you must've been thinking we're going to go on and win this, right? But no, not really. It, no, well, no, there, you, was, there you, wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't really that, that feeling in the crowd either. You know, it wasn't really a, um, a backs against the walls performance from them. You know, we weren't really bombarded them and the keeper wasn't flying around and having to make saves left, right and center. It just, they just defended very well, like they did at home, to be fair to them. You know, they, they, they're very well set up. Um, they're very well drilled. They just denied us um, the space that we needed to play, and hence why we were constantly having to pass it you know, back and forth across the pitch as we do. But we weren't doing it quick enough to create any sort of space um, down the sides of their, their centre-halves or certainly around the back of their, their full-backs for, for Burns and the like to, um, to run onto, unfortunately. But now there wasn't really any... Any feeling, certainly in my neck of the woods where I was standing, that we were gonna we were gonna do it. No, and as it turned out, I think the only time we really came close to scoring in injury time was that bad cross from Edwards that the goalkeeper sort of misjudges momentarily, and yeah. then he's a, a little bit lucky that he palms it away to safety. So one-one was how it finished. Yeah, very frustrating one that one, wasn't it, Joe? More so than the Portsmouth game for me. Yeah, it's another frustrating one, but I think we're not the only team that's been frustrated at Lincoln this season, are we? I think no, Plymouth and Wednesday have gone yeah. there and not beaten them as well. They're just a very resilient side, very well-organised, resilient side. And I say the red card seemed to make it harder for us rather than easier for us, didn't it? Because of, firstly, the ref trying to even it up. And secondly, it just took all their ambition out of the game, totally out of it. And it just made it difficult. I say we weren't quite at it. It's been a been a sort of a tough Christmas for us really, hasn't it? We've got the, we got the good win against Oxford, but three away games in there, Wickham, Portsmouth, Lincoln, just two points from those three games. It isn't really what you want, is it? I know, but, you, but then you, like I say you talk about form, you need to go up two points per game, win at home, draw or away. Well, we did that in two of the three away games, didn't we? It's just that Wickham game. There. I, I don't think we had a, a great, a great break when you think everyone's been ill in the squad and you've got three away games out of four. There's a lot of traveling. It's, it's it's tough to it's tough to do that when you look we played Wickham on the Saturday they then made eight changes for their next game when they play Plymouth eight changes again for when they play Portsmouth after that because because um you just 
you're just on the wrong side of the fixture list again there. Wickham have got every right to do that. They want to rest their small squad. And Ainsworth spoke about it well on Five Live as to why he did that. And you can't grumble there. Wickham are doing what's better for Wickham. But you're just on, the, just on the wrong side of a few of those little bits of luck of the quirk of the fixture list when it's come to the side that McKenna's talking about. He's never known a fitness bug, sorry, an outbreak of a bug like this where everyone in the club has been affected by it. He said if he only played the players that were fully fit, he'd have only had three players to play. He looks like he's been suffering from it as well. When yeah, you see him speaking after great, the game, did he? He, didn't, he didn't look great, did he? So it's been a tough period. And when you, so you, you look at the bigger picture as always, we're sort of 46 points from 23 games. Was it 48 from 24 games? Now we're basically halfway through the season with two points a game. We've just come through what's a tough December. Wickham, Lincoln and Portsmouth away are not, none of those are easy games, are they? And mm. we've come out of that and we're still in, we're still in good shape, really. Plymouth, I'd say Plymouth for the issue that they're just flying, aren't they? There's, you can't keep up with a side that is doing what they're <laughs> doing currently. So we have to hope that they just fall back a little bit. Indeed. Or, um, that, or that they lose their best player. But then they've, so they've got other good players to come in, haven't they? Finazaz is coming back from injury. Danny May is coming, coming back after that. They're, they're, they were both very productive when they played, both goals and assists. But I think Whitaker did give them that X factor. And that is, that's always very, very difficult to replace when you, when you have that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very much so. Thoughts on Humphreys getting more minutes as a 10 from Dan C. I'll go to you for that, Craig. And maybe just thoughts on Humphreys getting some more minutes full stop because he was pretty good um in his run in the side wasn't he yeah he, he was he was initially I just think he struggled a little bit um the second half of that Fleetwood game um when it got a little bit physical in the middle right in the you know the heart of the game in the middle of midfield uh and also the the Wiccan game from the start he was a little little bit lost in that um but it may and you know that's to be expected you know the kid's 18 years old and he was playing every single game all of a sudden, wasn't he, um, unexpectedly. And it may be that, you know, pushing him a bit forward and a little bit out of that um, battlefield right in the centre of midfield may actually give him a little bit more time and space on the ball. And he is one that can can pick a pass. And as he's shown, he is one that can get in the box and, and score a goal. So, yeah, it, it could be an option. Um, but again, it's, ju- it's just juggling, you know, w- w- the options you get and getting the right form and getting the right two to, to play in those Two positions out of the four potentially, if you if you include him as one of the tens, I suppose. Romeo four asks Joe: Had Ladapo been ill, can't see why Jackson would start. Otherwise, he's so ineffective as a central striker against a low block. I think some of the criticism of Jackson is maybe a little bit unfair, but I think that is a fair assessment, isn't it? That when the team is defending really deep, it's very difficult to get those balls in behind. I think we managed it once, and that was when. Jackson pulled him down and was sent off. Was it Jackson? Yeah, Jackson yeah. got sent off yeah. from Jackson. Yeah. That's, I, I, yeah. I think Jackson. I think Jackson played all right. Yourself, I thought he did okay at, at what he does, though. And what he does mm. isn't isn't score goals, unfortunately. And yeah. when he's a number nine, that's not what you want. You need him playing in that role, giving Burns a bit of competition, playing in that right sided forward role, getting in behind, making those runs dragging people about exploiting space sorry ex- exploiting space and he and he does do that and McKenna uses him well in those games but we just have a massive problem at the moment mm. which we need to solve ASAP and we now can solve it that Freddie Ladapo is the only league 
the only sort of League One quality number nine we've got in the squad. And while McKenna likes to rotate players around, that's not a good position to be in because we don't have anyone. But we signed a dapper at the start of the summer. We spent all summer chasing George Hurst, Will Keane. I know I'm treading over old ground saying this. And then we we did that and we ended up with Gasan Hadmi. And he's been unlucky with injury. But when you see him come on, he's miles off it, isn't he? For, for that role, he might, he might be all right as a agent of chaos to chuck on as a second striker in games. But you see at Wickham, Ladapo has to play 81 minutes because you, you simply no can't else. bring, you can't, simply, there's no one else to bring on for him. Yeah. And in the next game, sort of Portsmouth again, Ladapo's sort of the one starting in that one and playing, playing the minutes there. And Jackson has to get his games because he's the only person that can take some pressure off Ladapo. But He's he's not suited to that role. He's a, he, he's a good player and he's he's done well for us this season. But he's not a number nine in this system. This is exactly the same. We we are having this conversation ourselves. Is about Ladapo starting games or necessarily coming on as a sub. You can't in an ideal world. Surely we've got the way that we play, and it's with a Ladapo type striker as your number nine. As Joe says, if he's playing for seventy minutes or if he's coming on, in an ideal world, you just want to swap like for like, don't you? You're playing well. The system is working with your number nine. Why would you choose to replace a Ladapo type number nine with a Jackson type number nine? You you wouldn't unless the t- other there team is no really. Th- yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you wouldn't yeah. choose to do it if you did. You just bring on a like for like replacement, keep going as you are, and just keep playing well as you had been for the previous seventy minutes, rather than have to completely change the way that you're playing because the guy that you're bringing on runs channels rather than you know holds the ball up and that's and back to goal, isn't it? Yeah. Just, just to chuck a positive question, a positive, a positive, positive comment in from Dan C here. Burgess hit a couple of lovely long crossfield diagonal passes yesterday. He's come on leaps and bounds in recent weeks, isn't he? He's a guaranteed starter, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, and he did. He, he fed some lovely balls into Harness um, in the in the Oxford game as well. To be fair, mm-hmm. in that just in that channel, that that left hand channel, um, it just makes us look. So much more balanced. Having a left-footed player on the left side just makes you look so much more balanced. The guy hasn't got to come back in on his right and push everything into the centre of the pitch. Um, yeah, he did. He pinged a couple of balls out to Burns, um, who was winning, who's winning his headers out there. And actually, that that was one of the um, things that led to Burns getting injured was uh, when Ladapo had that header, didn't he? Do you remember it went back to the far post and Burns headed uh, it back yeah. into the middle? Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that I think where he jarred it as he jarred his leg or his knee or whatever it is he landed but he was on the floor after that head back to Ladapo to tamely head it at their goalkeeper unfortunately right let's have a look at the other results from across league one this was new year's new year's day's results so bristol rovers 2-1 win over cheltenham port vale winning at forest green I think it was Rich who said last time we were on that Burton have, Burton have picked up. But yeah, 5 0 defeat away at Morecambe. Exeter still still going strong, aren't they? 1 0 win at Oxford. Wickham, big sure. win away at Peace. We're obviously their first choice team back in there, Joe. Plymouth, as we mentioned, just keep flying. Whisker stars in a 3 1 win over Milton Keynes Dons. Portsmouth lost again. The Cowleys lost their job. Um, and Fleetwood won it. Shrewsbury Town, and then the results, other results from yesterday. Hmm. Bolton winning 3-0 away at Barnsley. They were a team that, to be fair, we were all talking about um, in the last show, about them potentially having an outside an early bet. red card the... Barnsley, didn't they? Oh, okay. They took um, advantage of playing against 10 men. 
<laughs> Derby 4-0 winners over Accrington. We we don't do that enough, do we? Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday as well, 5-0 mm. without Barry Bannon against Cambridge. Mm. Um, that was one of the things that even at half-time, when you're looking at the half-time results, I think Wednesday were... Wednesday were 2-0 up and the other two were 3-0 up at half-time. You think, crikey, we've been plodding away here just to, to get a 0-0. Um, but, you know, we were full of hope. 45 minutes against 10 men would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is how the table looks at this stage. I think we'd have taken this at the the start of the season, wouldn't we? But maybe not at the start of this festive period, Joe. Yeah, it's just we look at the Greens against Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday and four in a row for Plymouth, three in a row for Sheffield Wednesday and that's that's just pulled them away from us, isn't it? And we're going to have to do that over our next four and con- continue to keep doing that. But yeah, 50 points, 25 games, 47 goals. I think we'd have all taken that at the start of the season so we just need to make sure we just keep keep going, really. There's there's not much more we can do. The, the, like I say, I think there's a bit of deflation yesterday when you see it and sort of our recent form maybe over the last sort of month or so, but when you look at the injuries we've had over that time, the illnesses in the camp, we've got a chance to refresh the squad now and I'm sure we will take every opportunity to do this, do that and we'll just carry on and we've just got to keep carrying on, going along at two points a game and get ourselves up to 90, 92 points and keep everything crossed that that's going to be enough, isn't it? But if you get 90, 92 points and don't get promoted, you just have to lick your wounds going to playoffs and then hopefully get up that way. And, and if you don't, there's not you haven't really done much wrong, have you? There. Is it a three horse race for you, Craig? Paul Westlake says Derby are looking good. Yeah, I think so. I think so at the moment. Because as we as we found out last year, and it doesn't matter how well you do if the teams above you maintain their the form that they've had for the, the first half of the season, does it? You know, it doesn't matter if you're getting two point one points a game. If they're getting two points a game, it's gonna take 10 games to, for you to catch them up. Um, and, and there just simply may not be enough time. You know, if, if Christ, as Joe says, if if Plymouth, Sheffield Wednesday and ourselves keep up the rate of scoring as we are at the moment, it's going to be a struggle for anybody to to catch us because, you know, by virtue of them having to get so many more points than us to catch us and uh, overtake us. So I wouldn't have currently thought so. I think the only way Derby come third is if one of the top three just drops off. And I, I, mm. I don't think Derby are in a race for promotion for the top two, if that makes sense. They might, they might catch one of the teams that drops off, but they're not going to, I don't see two of the top three dropping off. Yeah. Romeo force says shame about the Cowleys. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was, though, I was talking on their, um, Sorry. On their, on the tweet that Portsmouth put out about, today we've sacked or they've left the job, bloody blah, blah. All the comments on it from Portsmouth fans were, oh, they've done a great job. Sorry to see him go. Things just haven't worked out. There wasn't really any, like normally when you see a manager, normally you think F for that. Good riddance. Yeah. See you later. It I was think a lot of it. Positive. And I think because they've been good in the community, like they were at Lincoln, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. You want, them, on, you want lot- them in your club on your side, don't you? They do, they do just bond clubs don't they as you say joe they did it they did it at lincoln didn't they but sorry michael I, I was talking to someone before the um the last home game and they know someone that or a braintree town season ticket holder and they weren't overly complimentary about uh, nikki cowley should we say they used a word i will not be using on the podcast at eight fifty two p.m about him so you know we know what they're like to our crowd and to our 
director's box, you know, should they happen to win matches. They're not the most gracious of um, winners. And, you know, having a bit of a barney with Dom Thompson last year, trying to stop him and stepping in his way and then protesting their innocence and all that sort of malarkey, I can't be dealing with it. Brilliant. And um, David Bergen, thanks so much for, for joining us and sending us the super sticker. But we did say at the start of the show... Please I haven't no, read it. Please, yeah, please like no delete darts it quickly. updates. Yeah, if I can delete that. Um, <laughs> I just don't, don't know, screen, I don't know how to, do, oh. <laughs> don't know how to <laughs> delete it. That's the problem. <laughs> um, right, so let's let's get into a few other, other questions. Um, this one on Burns. Do you think he's been found out this season, Craig? As you say, I think we're easy to play against. Um, I just don't. People just aren't giving him that space behind the fullback, are they? For for him to run in, run onto. Yeah, you know, don't get us wrong. He's having still having a decent decent season. It's just obviously going to be very difficult to have as good a season as he had last year, um, where he was, a, I suppose, a little bit of a unknown quantity, certainly in our team uh, and the way that we were looking to to play. Um, he's just playing a little bit further up the pitch, I think. And when when he gets the ball, very often it's to his feet. Um, and he's got a defender standing him up um, and really he'll push it past and run past him or try and bundle his way through. He's not really going to be step overs and, and um, fainting this way and that like Chris Waddle is he to get past him. So, yeah, potentially. I think what 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 we did miss yesterday was Leif Davis on the other side. Um, I think that really showed how much of an attacking threat he is because, you know, for what good Greg Lee will do you in terms of giving you a bit of a bit more physical presence and you know, winning all these back post um, duels and things like that. When he goes forward, he's not, he's you know, obviously painting not as good as, as Leif Davis. And we missed, we missed that. There were times where he had the ball down on the far left and was cutting back and passing it back rather than looking to take him out on a whip across in like, um, like Leif Davis has been doing on a very, very regular basis, hasn't he, for the last couple of months. Indeed, yeah, Leif Davis a, a big miss. Um, Carl Brooks thinks we also miss Tyrese John Jules. Felt like he was getting better as time went on. I always thought he could change the game. We don't have that option off the bench at the moment, Joe, do we? No, and I think it's true that John Jules was starting to sort of come into his own a bit now. He seemed quite settled. He was playing the two roles well, both when he was playing as a 10 and when he was playing as a 9. It was almost becoming the sort of go-to striker in the tougher games we were having it was generally him that was starting Ladapo that was starting on the bench wasn't it when you yeah when you when you look back at it and it's just um just really frustrating that he's got a real well it's a real long-term injury really isn't they talking like March early March aren't they on it so he he will be back but we need someone in to replace him before he's back if that makes sense mm. yeah absolutely that's probably the the number one target would you say in the Position-wise, yeah. in, the, in yeah. the transfer window, A, B, and C for me, the target. Yeah. So yeah, if, I suppose if we only make one signing and it's a decent forward, it's been a positive transfer window. Yeah, because you, you know you can argue very well that we are covered elsewhere, elsewhere in all, in all the other positions. They so maybe the centre midfield's a little bit light, but then if you've got Luongo, hopefully hanging around, then it's one you can get done quickly if you need to. But yeah, Christy, we're we're just crying out for a. <coughs> A centre forward of some stature. As I, as I said, I said it's in not, the. Um, it's not going to be Evan Ferguson by the looks of things. <laughs> no, I did wonder that when he was on the bench and come on. And people he started said, oh, today. Just... Yeah, exactly. Crikey, that's that. Um, Kai Bosch. And Phil seemed pretty confident about that, didn't he? Um, that, that was going to happen. But I just, I would just really like to know if, uh, how I, 
and I called it yesterday, a stellar centre forward, a, you know, a proper, proper top League One striker or even bottom Championship League, um, League stroke League One striker would do in this formation because we just haven't had a, a chance to see it happen. Any any suggestions on it? Any any thoughts on who who you'd like to see? I don't know. Yeah, let's have some let's have some names in the the live yeah. chat then while we we plug we plug our merch which from tomorrow I'm not sure for how long it might just be for the rest of January is yeah. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Um <laughs> I don't know what you're doing there uh, Joe. 23% off from tomorrow. Um so I've got a long sleeve t-shirt. I think Craig you're going to Get yourself a hoodie, aren't you? The Get hoodies are, a hoodie. are really good. There's dog bandanas, as you always bring up, Craig. That yeah. seems like the perfect gift. Um, <laughs> Joe, have you got any any yet? Yeah, I've got a nice T-shirt, nice cotton T-shirt, which I wear quite frequently. Have I got it on now? No, I don't think so, because it's grey. I've got red on. I've got the one on the top row. Yeah, there we are. There's a few examples. And uh, the pre-match show will be back on Friday morning, I believe. I think there's going to be a pre-record for this one. Um, it's Rotherham in the FA Cup. It's going to be Benjamin Bloom um, giving his expert analysis on Rotherham um, with Seb Friday morning. And then the flagship will be back live next Sunday. And that's going to be Rich, David Diamond and yourself, Joe. So you're going to be rested for the rest of the rest of the week, Craig, ahead of a busy busy january that's it mate yeah no we're now in back you know i've had my little christmas break i'm now back into full taxi mode on um sundays so yeah i shall be mm. sitting in a sports hall somewhere watching leather on willow <laughs> and listening uh, and uh, watching the pod i'm watching the pod of course uh so gents just before we go let's have let's dip back into this chat and see if there's any any names coming up clark harris there was a rumour of him going somewhere in the championship. Uh, Sunderland, wasn't it? Sunderland there was a rumor earlier. today, wasn't there? Because mm. they've obviously lost... Um, old mate Sims has gone back to Everton, hasn't he? So they're looking for a striker. Uh, David W says Drogba rejuvenated. Chef huh. um, Kikuchi do me re- rejuvenated. <laughs> Shankland at Hearts would be my choice for May. I know we have watched a few games up in Scotland, but I don't know. I don't think... I'm sure it's a... Sort of Eastern European sounded name for a striker we were looking at up there, but I can't, I can't remember it. Just as a comparison, Matt Penny's playing like Roberto Carlos up there at the moment in the Scottish <laughs> League, so let's just give yeah, levels. Uh, Carl Brooks says he'd like to see a sign. Aaron Collins thinks he looks a handful. He's playing both mm. as a 9 and a 10 for Rovers, presumably that's Bristol Rovers. Yeah, I, I wonder if, because um, obviously Dane Scarlett is a player that Kieran McKenna rated highly, who was at Portsmouth under the Cowleys, whether there's any chance he he goes back and comes here. I, I, I don't know. what Portsmouth fans don't seem overly enamoured by him, but when you hear Kieran McKenna talk about him, who described him as one mm. of the best young strikers in the world, not the country, <laughs> not Europe, the world, um, and he, he's looked good in the two games against the Portman Road. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't able to watch the game against Portsmouth at Fratton Park. So I don't know how he played there or if he played there. But yeah, he's he's a player with his movement, which looks very good in our system. That could be that could be a good fit there. Is, is he someone that we could look at? Obviously, Morgan Whitaker's a name which we've spoken about plenty at the start of the pod. George Hurst looks like he's going to be recalled from left um, recalled from Blackburn to go back to Leicester. Is he someone we go back in for again? As we we chased it for a lot of the summer, Johnson Clark Harris, 
um, Aaron Collins, the old Ipswich pair, or the old Ipswich trio, Connor Wickham, Macaulay Bond, Jack Marriott. Jordan Rhodes. Jordan Rhodes is a player that we've, we've spoken to, according to TWTD earlier. They released that before the window. Jordan Rhodes was someone we'd spoken to, but he's scoring again at Huddersfield. But mm. does he want to get out there? Does he want to move back down here? I, I don't know where he's where his home is. I know we got married down in Ipswich because mm. had a friend to go to the wedding. So they're still, maybe him and his wife are still based down here. I don't know, or live up there and they want to come back here. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of players there. Evan Ferguson, who's starting for Brighton, but if they sign three players and next week, he's available again. Yeah. Dan's just mentioned Tom Cannon available Tom Cannon, from yeah. Everton. Who's I think Sheffield Wednesday might be the side going after him at the moment. So there's, there's a lot of players out there, but mm. It's and if you say, say one that's going to come from that list I've just said there, but probably <laughs> not many more outside there, is there? But as you say, Joe, we don't know what the Premier League clubs will be doing about recalling their players that aren't getting time or want to send them out somewhere else in January. You know, as you say about Scarlett, it may be that Tottenham think, well, hang on a second, he's not getting many minutes there. We don't know who the next manager is going to be. We know he'll be coached and coach well and play minutes at Ipswich. Just drag him back and put him somewhere else. You don't know. Next couple of weeks, it may be a little bit clearer as to who's available in that in that little um, sphere of play, if you know what I mean. Lovely stuff. It's been a little bit doom and gloom at times tonight, gents, hasn't it? Obviously, a really frustrating result against Lincoln. Quite a frustrating one at Portsmouth as well. But overall, we're pretty happy with the way things are, aren't we? We're, we're spoilt these days. Albeit in league yeah, one. yeah, it, it it is difficult though, isn't it? It's difficult when you when you go to these matches and you see us play and you look at the stats and you're coming away and you know them well. You come you come against all these teams, we'll include Wickham in this, and you they don't they've got no intention really of winning the match. You know how they're going to play before you turn up, and you still can't break the buggers down to to get the results that you know you think you deserve with your own eyes. You think you deserve, and the stats seem to bear it out. It's just it's frustration at the moment, isn't it? But hopefully, as Joe says, you know this. This January window and getting a few people back fit and uh, out that other side of the illness will give us a bit of a bit of oomph, a bit of impetus to kickstart the second half of the season. Fingers crossed. And I think we have to remember that McKenna is a rookie manager, and it's not so much he's a rookie in the game, but he spent his career in like the Champions League coaching those sort of players. He, I'm sure he's watched League One games in the past and done that, but he's not, he, maybe when he's tracking young players online. But he's now been in the sort of the the mud with League One for a year now. So he now, you could tell from when we started the seat, when, when he came in and we had that first six months with him, there was a real profile for the sort of players he wanted to sign in the summer. And it's sort of those which had sort of the supreme quality or those who are just hardened, senior, experienced pros who know how to play in this league. He's got another six months experience in this league and he's going to know even more what sort of players he needs to get out of League One. It's not a, It's not an easy league to get out of. Over to you, Mark Ashton. Over to you, Mark Ashton. But yeah, thanks everyone for for watching. Do drop us a a like on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing as well. Check out the merch store from tomorrow, 23% off. There's some great January bargains to be had there. Any final words from you two before we go? Over to you, Mark Mark Ashton. Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.